Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Well, it's so great to be here with you guys today. My name is Pastor Jessica, and I am our student ministry pastor here at City of Life. You know, it's not a coincidence that we had to put the kids' routine on the day that I am preaching. Um, because I love children's ministry. I love your children. I love your students. And um, my journey at City of Life has um, been over the span of 13 years, which is wild to say. I was only 16 years old when I sat in the back of that room um, on a Wednesday night service. Pastor Jeff was playing worship and I just lifted up my hands for the first time ever to worship Jesus. And I would like to say it's been rainbows and butterflies ever since, but as we know, this Christian walk is really a race and it has ups and downs, mountains and valleys. I love how Pastor Mahdi just exhorted so beautifully in this service about what this walk with Jesus can really look like at times. And so I am no stranger to difficulty, but I also know that God has been faithful to me. In this house, God has been faithful to me. You know, it's in this house that I gave my life to Jesus. It's in this house that I met my very closest of friends. It's in this house that I met my husband. Hey, it's in this house that God birthed in me a calling and gave me so much purpose. And so I just wanna encourage you that there is purpose to planting deep roots in the house of God. There is purpose to being planted in your local church. And I'm biased, but City of Life is the best church on the planet. And you guys are my family. And so today I'm so excited that I get the privilege of encouraging my family. So we're gonna read today from Hebrews chapter 12, verse one through two. It reads, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Today, I want to encourage you to shake off, hey, Tay Tay, everything that hinders. Shake off everything that hinders. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for every person in this room today, God. Lord, thank you that you are worthy of shaking off every heavy weight, everything that hinders us from running this race for you. God, would you just use my words to impact those in this room today, God? Let it be your voice that they hear today, God. Let them encounter you in today's service. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, this scripture draws a very clear line between what we read is the sin that so easily entangles 
and everything that hinders. Because there's the word and. And so we know that there is a clear distinction. You know, as Christians, I would like to say that we know what sin is. We know that sin is what separates you and I from God. There, it's the things that we know are wrong when we do them, right? Sin is done without regard to consequences. When we are sinning, we know that there is consequences, but we do them anyway. Hindrances are a little bit more complicated. Hindrances are not so easily boxed in. Hindrances are those things in our life that have accidental consequences. Hindrances are those things in our life that have accidental consequences. They can be good things. They can be God-given holy things that can have accidental consequences. Have you ever prayed for so long and so hard for a miracle? Have you ever prayed for God to provide for you that dream job? Maybe you've been praying for financial provision to come through. Maybe you've been praying for that miracle baby, year after year believing for God to give you that baby. Maybe you've been praying for God to give you a spouse. And you know, when that day comes and you finally get that gift, that promise, I don't know about you, but I am so guilty of taking that gift, taking that promise, and worshiping the gift over the giver. Of worshiping the provision over the provider. And it's a small distinction, but it's a clear one. That when God gives us gifts, he never gives it so that we can make that gift an idol. He gives it so that we can worship him as the giver. And so, you know, it doesn't always just have to be those big things in our lives. You know, the financial breakthrough, the dream job, or the miracle baby. These things can be simple things too. You know, binging shows on Netflix a little too much getting involved in hobbies a little too deeply. You know, when I was preparing for this message, I felt God tell me so clearly that what is heaven in God's hands can be a hindrance in our own hands when we take it out of God's control. I'm going to say that again. What is heaven in God's hands can become a hindrance in your hands when you take it out of God's control and put it in your own. Isn't that so true? We can say, you know what, God, you're so good. Thank you for my family. There's such a blessing in my life. I'm just going to put them a little bit above you. They're family, right? Family is everything. I'm just going to put them a little bit above you, God. You know that hobby that you gave me, God, that dream passion, that passion project? I love it. I love what I get to do. Can I just put that a little bit above you, God? And then before we know it, we've distanced ourselves from God because we've turned those good and beautiful things into hindrances. We can do it with family. We can do it with friendships. And if you're not careful... Anything and everything can become a hindrance 
in your walk with God and take your eyes off of him. So how can we shake off our hindrances? And why is it so important? We're going to answer that today as we dive a little deeper into scripture. You know, I love that in Hebrews chapter 12, it tells us to run our race and look to the cloud of witnesses. And we see those clouds of witnesses in Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter right beforehand. The author lays out all of these different great men and women of the faith. People like Noah, Sarah, Abraham, Daniel, Jacob, people who saw mighty moves of God. They walked closely with their king, with their heavenly father. But you know, these giants of the faith were not without hindrances. They also experienced the same trials that you and I experience. And I think today there's value in studying their lives. There's value in looking at how they overcame their own hindrances. And so today we're going to study and look at the story of Abraham and Sarah. Who here is familiar with the story of Abraham and Sarah? Okay, a few of us. Good. You know, God promised Abraham and Sarah a mighty and massive family. He said, I am going to use your descendants to actually save the whole world. It was in Abraham's line of descendants that God had a plan to rescue all of humanity. And he gave Abraham this promise of a child. But you know, there's one problem with this story. He gives them this promise. But Abraham and Sarah are childless. They're unable to conceive. And year after year after year, Sarah is without child. In fact, Sarah is so far past the childbearing age when God reminds Sarah and Abraham, I am giving you your miracle son. He is coming. Have hope, have faith. And Sarah laughs because she just can't believe that that would even be possible. But what do we know about our God? That he is a God of miracles, that he is faithful to his covenant promises. And sure enough, little old Sarah gets pregnant. She has this beautiful miracle baby, Isaac. And just when all seems well in the Abraham household, we read in Genesis chapter 22 how Abraham turned this miracle baby, his precious and one and only son, Isaac, into a hindrance. So read with me in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, his story. It reads that sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your one and only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants along with him along with his son, Isaac. 
Then he chopped wood for a fire, for a burnt offering, and he set out for the place God had told him about. Church, I can't even imagine how difficult it was for Abraham to do this. I can't even imagine how difficult it was to hear God ask him to give up the thing that he loved the most. And what I see here in Abraham's story is that shaking off hindrances takes obedience. Shaking off hindrances takes obedience. It took obedience for Abraham to take Isaac on this journey. But you know what's so interesting is that God was emphasizing just how much Abraham loved Isaac more than God. What do you love today just a little more than God? I was so ministered to from a video um, Pastor Dave filmed just a few months before he passed. Um, he was sick with cancer at the time, and in this video for Blink, he shares so vulnerably about how he had to wrestle with God and ask himself the question, God, do I love my health more than I love you? Do I love my health more than I love you? And you know, that's a really fair question. It's a really difficult question to answer. And Dave, at that moment, was able to journey with the Lord and come to the conclusion and say with his own lips, yes, I do love God more than even my own health. In church today, I believe that the Holy Spirit is asking you that same question. Do you love God more than blank? You know, really sit with this for a second and ask yourself, who would I be if my spouse walked out on me today? Who would I be if that miracle baby never happened? They never came. Who would I be if I never reached that goal in my income? Who would I be without this business? Who would I be without my family? Because if the answer isn't, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay because I'm standing firm on the person that is Jesus Christ. Then we need to reevaluate our priorities today. Maybe we need to be like Dave and ask ourselves the tough questions and say, God, do I love you more than this? Amen? Are you guys here today? Shaking off obedience, shaking off hindrances takes obedience to ask yourself these tough questions, to ask yourself these hard questions today. Let's continue on. In verse 4, it says that on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, 
and then we will come right back. You know what I find so interesting about this? Is that this journey Abraham went on wasn't just like over 24 hours, right? Like, I always imagined his story. Like, it's 9 a.m., God asks him to do this, he asks him to be obedient, and so Abraham goes to the mountain next door and just does it in a day, and he's back in time for dinner, right? But what we see here is that this was a three-day journey, and that obedience is not just about being obedient on day one, as much as it is about being obedient on day two, on day three, on week four, on month five, on year two. Come on, church. Are you with me today? <laughs> Giving up those vices. Saying, you know what? Today is the day I'm going to give up that addiction. Being obedient on day one is a lot easier than being obedient on day three. And Abraham showed us that that journey of obedience is worth it. That we can be obedient on day three, just as much as on day one. But you know what else is so interesting here? Is that obedience is not just about being obedient on day one, as much as it is on day three, but Abraham took his servants with him three days on the journey. But on the last day, he had to say, you know what? I've had community. I've had your support up until this point. You can walk with me this far. But right here, right here is where I have to draw the line and say, I have to go up the mountain alone with God. I can't be obedient with you helping me. I need to make the decision on my own that I am going to be obedient to God and my own self. Nobody else can carry you up that mountain of obedience. Nobody else can hold your hand to be obedient to God. You have to decide today, are you going to be obedient to God? Not your spouse, not your mother, not your father, not your closest friend. You know, community is beautiful. We need people. You know, when Abraham first found out that news, I'm sure it was lovely to have his servants with him along that journey, processing what it meant to sacrifice his son, processing what it meant to be obedient to God in this way. But again, at some point, Abraham had to decide to go up that mountain alone. He had to decide to be obedient when nobody else could make that decision for him. What do you need to be obedient in your life today, church? Who do you need to say, thank you for being with me on this journey, but I need to go the rest of the way alone. I need to go to God for myself. Let's keep reading. You know what I find so interesting about this is that Abraham says he's going to go up the mountain to worship. To worship. Verse 6, so Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham 
And he said, Father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said. But where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, listen to this. Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Right about here, I would be expecting some sort of intervention if I'm Abraham, right? Anybody else? Okay, and then he ties up his son Isaac. Anything, God? And then he laid him on the altar on top of the wood, maybe slowly. Okay. And then verse 10, it says that Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. Shaking off hindrances takes obedience. But your obedience is worship to God. Everything Isaac, everything Abraham was doing in this moment was an act of worship. That obedience to lift up the knife, that obedience to lay his son on the altar, it was a worship. Can you imagine the faith that it took for Abraham to do every single one of these acts? The faith that it took. Can you imagine this with me? Imagine what Abraham was praying out loud to God. Maybe you've had a similar moment with the Lord. I imagine that as Abraham was placing, building the wood, arranging the wood, he probably said, God, I trust you. God, I know you are good. I imagine that as he was tying up his son Isaac, he was saying, God, I know that you are faithful. I can imagine that as he laid his son on the altar, on the wood, he probably said, God, I know that you wouldn't promise me a son. You wouldn't promise me a lineage through my family just to take it away now. I bet you that as he was lifting up the knife, he probably was saying, God, I know that you're a covenant keeper. God, I don't understand why, but I know your character. I know that you are good. Oh, I have journeyed through enough life with you, God, to know what you say about me, to know who you are. You wouldn't lead me this far to forsake me. Abraham, every step of the way, was obedient because he trusted his father. Abraham was obedient because he trusted in God's goodness. And that church is worship unto God. You know that in this scripture, this is the first time that worship is ever written and mentioned in the Bible. The word worship is only written for the first time when Abraham is about to sacrifice his son. Think about that. 
You know, a lot of times we say that worship is doing this, singing to God, waving our hands. Worship is your obedience today. Worship is laying down that sacrifice on the altar and saying, God, I don't know why, but I trust you. God, I trust you. You know, there's a lot of things that we can probably submit to God today in faith as an act of worship. What is that for you? What can you submit to God today in faith that would be an act of worship for you? And we can actually have the band come up now. But we're going to read back in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 2 again. With all of the context that we now have in the story of Abraham, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, like Abraham, let us throw off everything that hinders the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, the miraculous, all of those things, and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Church, it is this Christian walk that God has called you and me to, being faithful to his house, being faithful to our families, spending time with the Lord daily, this walk with God. And then it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. You know what I find so incredible and how cool the Bible is? Is that even all the way back in Genesis, in Abraham's story, we see Jesus. We see our Savior. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 22, verse 11. It says, At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now, I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Church, as we continue to read, we see that God provides a ram in the thicket so that Isaac would not need to be sacrificed. And it's so beautiful because Abraham, as we know, he names this place Jehovah Jireh. God is my provider. Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. And you know, in this moment, Abraham displayed his heart to God and that he was willing to give up his one and only son. I don't know about you, but that sounds so very familiar to me. When God wanted a demonstration from Abraham of his love and commitment to him, he asked for his son. But today, church, when God wants to show you a demonstration of his love and commitment, what does he do? He gives his one and only son for you and for me. 
And let's paint this picture a little further today. That you were the one that was supposed to be on that altar. You were the one that was supposed to be hanging up on that cross. Our sin, our transgressions against God, the penalty is death. The penalty is death. And when God saw the trajectory of your life, what it was going towards, that your life was gonna end at a cross, Jesus said, no, I will take their place. And God the Father sent his one and only son for you to die as a sacrifice in your place, church. And so we ask today, why do we shake off hindrances? Why is it so important? Because God gave you everything. God gave you everything. He did not even withhold his one and only son. You know, it's a beautiful because God says to Abraham, now I know that you truly, truly fear God. I know you love me because you have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Well, today you now get to say that to God. That God, now I know that you love me because you have not withheld from me your son, your one and only son. Church, I wanna invite you to stand in this moment. We're gonna have a moment of ministry today. We're gonna give some space for God to minister to your heart. God did not spare anything to save you. And today, if I could leave you with one thing, it is that he is worthy of shaking off your hindrances. Oh, he is worthy of laying down all things at his feet. I'm just sensing in the room today that some of you have been holding on so tightly to control, to your perspective of what your future should look like, to your timeline, the way you thought your life should be by now, would you shake it off? Would you lay that at Jesus' feet today? Some of you have very serious medical diagnosis things that rightfully so you would want to withhold from God. But today I'm telling you, he did not even withhold from you his one and only son. You can give it to him. You can give to him your health. Some of you today, your marriage is dust. It's in shambles. You can't see a way out. You can't see a way forward. Would you lay that down at Jesus' feet today? Oh, come on, he's moving in the room today. 
Church, if you receive that, we're not going to rush through this. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do in us today. Maybe you just need to lift your hands and surrender to him. Maybe you just need to kneel down. Put your hand on your heart and say, God, I want to surrender. You know, the analogy that's in Hebrews is it's a weight. These hindrances are weights on you. Some of you, you love God, but you've been walking in here so heavy. Like I can see it on you, just so heavy, like a blanket of heaviness. It's time to lay down our hindrances. It's time to surrender. Give it over to Jesus. He took your place. You know, if that's you, I want you to just lift your hands and surrender to God if you want to shake off hindrances. We're going to pray later in a moment for those who want to give their life to Jesus, but I want to give those in the room the opportunity to shake off hindrances today. This is for the mature Christian that has been here for 50 plus years, and this is the new Christian that's been here since last week. This is for all of us. And Lauren is going to sing over us today, and we're just going to take a moment in God's presence, and I want to give you the opportunity. Remember, I can't go to the mountain for you. You today have to decide, are you alone going to walk up the mountain to God? Lord, I pray over every hand lifted. God, and I ask you to give us strength today to surrender these hindrances to you, God. It doesn't mean that we're calling these things wrong or bad, but they have become a hindrance because we have made them that in our own lives, God. So forgive us, Lord, for looking to anything else but you for our hope, for our peace, for our joy. God, we can find all things that we need in you today. Come on, let's sing this out together, church. He trusts the lilies with beauty and splendor. How much more will he call you? How much more will he call you? If he watches over, oh, every sparrow, how much more does he love you? How much more?
wants to remind you that he's available this space right here today is available to you when you walk out of here in your car it's available to you when you're at dinner with your family in any given moment when you turn your eyes and fix them on Jesus this moment is available to you and I'd like to invite everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes and I want to give an opportunity for anyone in the room who would like to say, you know what? I have never really made Jesus truly the Lord and Savior over my life. I've prayed this prayer a million times, but I've never truly seen what it means to be obedient and giving my life fully and completely over to Jesus. If that's you today and you're saying, Pastor Jess, I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior over my life. When I count to three, I want you to boldly, 
unashamedly put your hand high in the air. One, two, three. Jesus sees you. He sees your hands. And today is a brand new day for you to walk with Jesus in a way you've never walked with him. In a way where you will not look like the same person tomorrow. So right now, all across the room, if you can repeat after me, say, Jesus, I am making you the Lord of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross and taking my place. Thank you for your forgiveness. Today, I am turning away from that old life and I am walking into a brand new life with you. Today, I decide it is Jesus first and Jesus always. Amen. Well, come on, if that's you and you made that decision, it's the best decision you will ever, ever make. Church, I'm so humbled to have this opportunity to minister to you today. I love you. Thank you. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.